0: And load. This is Steve Dace. The
1: Steve Day Show. Hola, greetings. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show. Live and on demand on Blaze TV Radio Podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Todd Erz and Aaron McIntyre are here as well. We will be opening up the phone lines next hour if you'd like to join us too, 888 900 3393. That's 888 900 3393 It's our Monday Town Hall. We're gonna have some fun today, by the way. Uh, all of us are chiming in today. If 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 you like it when we kind of go back to how we used to do the show years ago, hardcore politics, today is uh, is a good day for you. You can also email the program, Steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. At Steve Dace Show. In fact, some of the conversation we're going to be having throughout the course of today on the program is already occurring on our Facebook wall. So if you've never checked it out before, don't worry, you're not alone. Because according to Facebook, nobody else is either. But you can give it a shot right now. Facebook, uh, just look up my name, Steve Dace, and you'll see what I'm talking about here in a moment. Because we're going to spend a good portion of today's show looking ahead one year from today. It is almost exactly one year from today is the 2020 presidential election. And so we're going to have some fun with this at the bottom of the hour. All three of us have our electoral college maps where we are going to forecast what's going to occur in 365 days. And I don't know what you two have. Have you seen mine? No. No, because I just texted directly to you, correct? Yep. All right. So Aaron has seen everybody's, but none of us, the, you and I have not seen each other's nor Aaron's. Correct. And, and then we're going to talk about what we're the most confident we think is going to happen in the next 365 days. And what the least confident thing we think is going to happen. And then, like when you did a time capsule when you were a kid, we're going to open up the phone lines next hour. And we're going to give you a shot, and you got to come up with something better than Trump wins. I, I, I need something better than that. And we're going to we're going to we're going to bookmark this podcast. And if we can continue to shame the management here at the Blaze into keeping us employed here for another 365 days after the election, we're going to go back and play these calls in real time and react like Mystery Science Theater 3000 style and just just react and find out who got it right and who got it wrong. And if you got something right specifically, we'll come up with some kind of prize uh, to give you. All right. So we're going to have some fun with this throughout the course of the day. But before we get to all of those zany hijinks, first Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away.
2: What Happened While We Were Away brought to you by Dropping Out. Beto O'Rourke dropped out of the race for the Democratic nomination for president. The following people were hardest hit. Elizabeth Warren is facing some tough questions on her Medicare for All plan.
3: So if you've had a chance to read the plan, you'll see no one gets left behind. Uh, Some of the people currently working in health insurance will work in other parts of insurance. And life insurance and auto insurance and car insurance. Some will work for Medicaid. And there is a five-year transition support for everyone.
2: Kamala Harris all but shut down her New Hampshire campaign operations recently and she went on Axios to talk about how the Democratic voters are both racist and sexist.
4: I have also started to um, perhaps be more candid talking about what I describe and what I believe to be the elephant in the room about my campaign. What is that? Electability. What do you mean? Electability. You know, essentially, is America ready for a woman and a woman of color to be president of the United States. America
2: was ready for a black man to be president of the United States. And this
4: conversation happened for him. There is a lack of ability or a, difficult, a difficulty in imagining that someone who we have never seen can do a job That has been done, you know, 45 times by someone who is not that person.
2: Learning Spanish today, today's phrase is maybe you should say you're Native American.
4: Tal vez deberías decir que eres
0: nativo americano.
2: A recent New York Times Siena survey finds that Donald Trump is trailing Joe Biden in key battleground states. But he's even with Bernie Sanders for the most part and easily leads or is tied with Elizabeth Warren in Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Florida and North Carolina. Video surfaced last week of former CIA director John McLaughlin talking about the so-called deep state. And I'm going to warn you, this is not at all comforting.
3: The impeachment inquiry is underway, sparked by a complaint from someone within the intelligence well, you know, community. The, the it funny- feeds the president's. Uh, concern and often used term about a deep
2: state being there to take uh, him out. Well,
0: thank God for the deep state. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) I mean, I think... You know, everyone here has seen this progression of diplomats and intelligence officers and White House people trooping up to Capitol Hill right now and saying these are people who are doing their duty or responding to a higher call.
2: Global warming princess Greta Thunberg is asking for help after she accidentally went to Chile instead of Spain for some sort of meeting of the mat on so-called climate change. And finally, a guest was on Fox News who was invited to come on the network to talk about military dogs when this happened. If
4: I could, could I throw a PSA out real quick? Real quick. Uh, just the, the remarkable nature of these dogs and, and them being highlighted in the news creates a, a huge demand by people that, that frankly shouldn't have them. If, uh, if you see the, the coverage and you decide I want one of these dogs, either buy a finished trained, uh, you know, fully trained and, and finished dog from a professional uh, or just, just don't get one at all. Um, that and Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs>
2: Okay, thank you for that commentary. All right, Mike. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to
1: you by Keeps, which knows that losing your hair sucks. But what you may not know uh, is that the cause of your hair loss could be a hormone called DHT. If you want to talk about a possible solution, good news. The FDA has approved two hair care treatment products that help control your DHT in order to prevent hair loss. It's even re-triggered hair regrowth in a good number of men as well. But up until now, these products were very expensive and required a doctor visit. But not anymore. Keeps offers you the generic versions of those two FDA-approved hair care products. So not only are they up to 90% effective, they're totally affordable. And uh, you can find out how to save your hair without ever leaving your couch. Just answer a few questions, snap a few pics of your hair, and a licensed doctor will review your info and recommend the right hair loss treatment for you. Then it's shipped discreetly to your door. Tired of losing your hair? Here's what you need to do about it. Get a free online doctor consult and 50% off your first order right now. A free online doctor consult and 50% off your first order right now When you go to keeps.com slash grow, this could be a Christmas gift for yourself or or somebody you know, all right? Keeps.com slash grow, that's keeps.com slash grow. What do you think Greta Thunberg's carbon footprint looks like? Going halfway around the world just to begin with, let alone for nothing, and then having to go... Backtrack to where you began, and then go to the other half of the world. Magellan style, uh, except with, uh, with, with an a intergalactic sized carbon footprint for our little princess, just just adorable. But let's get to the, uh, the Democrat uh, uh, political news. Kamala Harris. what you doing? What, what, what is she doing? I mean, and and I'm always trying to understand because I'm just wired this way. I have to know things, okay? I I need to know. So you just saw Beta O'Rourke drop out, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. This is a guy that what? Twelve months ago, he was within the margin for error. In the 2018 midterm Senate polling in Texas, a lot of people, myself included, poo-pooed those numbers and said, ah, oh, come election day, won't be like that. And came election day, it was like that. Made Ted Cruz sweat out that election night for that U.S. Senate seat. He seemed like um, the new hotness. Remember the record amounts of money he had raised at his launch. The fawning media profiles that were waiting to run with the guy with the, uh, the 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 wannabe Robert Kennedy haircut. and his political career folks is over. It's over. I, I don't I don't see a future in electoral politics for him. I mean this is this is a massive flame out. He, as a political brand, he's not recyclable. He's already in a party that's moved beyond straight white males to begin with. But then he has shown he doesn't bring anything to the table that has you tolerate his low intersectionality score. All right, and then we saw him at the end. What did he try to do at the end? To salvage his candidacy, what did he attempt to do?
2: Articulate all the things that we've said about the left for years.
1: Yes, including the most incendiary race baiting of of America. Just flat out saying America is a racist country. And and it got him nowhere. And and I'm trying to figure out this guy raised a hell of a lot more money than Kamala Harris ever did. He's built or or he built organization far beyond anything Kamala Harris had and and has right now. I mean, she just shut down her New Hampshire office over the weekend. And and I can't think of a time since I've been involved, interested, or um, participated in the political process. Can you guys think of, well, Aaron be too young. Todd, can you think of a time when someone banked all of their political fortunes as a presidential candidate on one state and and they had a future as a candidate? Isn't that like always the last gasp of a candidacy when you're scaling back and you try to put up a firewall? That's pretty much the end, right? And that, I can, can you think of a candidate who's done this and then went on and did great things? Can you think of one who did that? I cannot. I can't either. I, I can't either. I mean, it, it's just it's almost always you know the great example is Rudy Giuliani in two thousand and eight looking for a state to make a firewall and just retreating. And so Kamala Harris has essentially staked everything on Iowa. Well, Steve, you just said last week that the the, the Democrats have not had a contested winner of their caucuses in Iowa, not win the nomination since nineteen eighty eight. That's true. But I don't believe you win the Iowa caucuses by saying you know, I'm I'm all in here, or I'm out. Dunkirk is not a good that, yes. political platform. Yeah, it, it doesn't work. Okay, that doesn't work. Particularly when the number one issue in the Democratic uh, field right now, other than you know uh, the intersectionality tug of war, is uh, uh, beat Trump. And if you're saying that, and you come from a major state, in fact, you come from the progressive Valhalla of California. And after being at this for a year, you were one of the first candidates in this race. And after being at this for nearly a, a, the calendar year now, as we head to to November, as we're into November now, that you're at this point now where I, it's down to I got to win Iowa or I'm out. Then you're you're out now. You're out right now. You're done. But even if you don't want to admit that, you you decide you're going to adopt the strategy that that. That ended Beta O'Rourke's candidacy. I mean, I, I know it's the Democratic Caucuses, but this is still a state that's like 97% white. The vast majority of people that are going to vote on February 3rd of next year in the Democratic Iowa caucuses are white. And you'll get a lot of the you know you'll get a lot of those college kids and stuff that that absolutely believe in and, you know and they live in a racist country. But a lot of the people that are going to vote in that caucus are, are folks that have been taking part in Democratic caucuses, you know, since Jimmy Carter. A lot of people and old, that, that old white people from rural Iowa that don't believe the country is inherently racist. I don't, I don't understand this tactic with, with one possible exception, which is an attempt to save face and your political brand for the future. Except you're already an elected senator. You just got elected. Um, you're in a state that, you know, as a woman of color, if you stay left enough, you cannot lose. You can't lose. Similar what we said about Ted Cruz. Now he tested that theory last year. But you know, if he stays conservative, you're a conservative Hispanic in Texas. You're not losing. You can't lose. All right, so you're you're a progressive black woman of color in California. You can't lose. I don't I don't get what this strategy is about. Do you have a guess at what this is? Other than pathetic. I mean, uh, what does she what does she think she's doing?
3: It's less of a strategy actually than an attempt to understand. I think she's having a problem the same problem that actually you and I had in in kind of anointing her as a frontrunner. And it took us it doesn't, this doesn't make, I don't know. It does it still doesn't make sense to me. She's from California. She should be doing better. She's, she's checked the boxes in a state like California and she's having a hard time coming to terms with all all of us. The crazy voices. It is really, really hard to nail the jello to the wall. That Hmm. is this modern day, progressive democratic party. It is, it's, it's madness. It is fickle. I think she's trying to figure out what. Why is this so hard?
1: You know why it's hard. There's and and the her body language in that clip, in my view, yeah. is horrible. Yeah. There's nothing sincere about that clip. Nothing. I mean, she went full cherry girl from "I'm gonna get you, sucker!" right there. You know, she put out this video over the weekend. Is that the ISIS arrests from over in Des Moines that she's dancing down the streets with? I think. I mean, it's just there. There's there's no level of sincerity there at all which i will tell you is probably if the democrats need to nominate for a general election candidate somebody who's an amorphous organism who who is willing to just take on any shape or form so that he, you are given permission if you don't like donald trump to vote for them without you know what i'm saying what what position do i need to take in, in front of this audience they probably need a, a true a true gangster you know, for you know, me, I always break it down into groupies, crusaders, gangsters, crusaders, and groupies, right? They probably need a true groupie here. Someone who can get, who can find, can I get below where Donald Trump will go in shamelessness? Um, But she's not really good at it. There was that, she made, you know what, she had a one shining moment in that debate. We kind of glommed onto that. And ever since then, it's, it's been clear that she's, She's Kaja Gugu here, okay? You know, she, she's gonna be playing too shy shy at Meskwaki and Indian Reservation casinos 30 years from now. But it's the only song she has, and no but, one wants to hear the new album. Well, you okay? well, this is
3: this is Faith versus Works, like we talked to a little bit last week. The works aren't really panning out, but I'm Faith. The math seemed simple in her head, like it did. She should be better than Elizabeth Warren and Pete Buttigieg.
1: She but, should be. But you're right, but look at the body language.
3: Oh, now, yeah.
1: but When you watch those two clips that Erin had in the montage, look at the body language between Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren, and, and the reason why, and we've talked about this before, the reason why her candidacy nearly imploded as soon as it began is because she tried to be likable. She tried to be relatable. And she is not. She's just not. She is, as a candidate, now, it may not, it may not be the, the best they could nominate, all right but for her as a candidate she is at her best when she is lecturing you like the head bob you know like the 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 pointy-fingered feminist studies professor's women's studies professor at Wellesley W O M Y N okay that that's her native tongue and she's the most effective when she is when she is doing that now i have a hard time believing outside of the 15% of counties Hillary Clinton won that message resonates even in the, even in the declining state of Americana that we have now, it's not declined to that point yet. You guys heard me say when this cycle began, and we instantly saw how far left the Democrats were going. That we're not having the twenty twenty eight election, we're not having the twenty thirty two election, and the day may come, and, and 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 it may come much sooner than frankly a lot of us at places like the Blaze want to admit to ourselves, where they can do this out in the open and win in, and win in places we never would have envisioned like this. But Aragorn, today is not yet that day. It is not 2032. It is not 2028. It's 2020. I' talking going hot hunt in a lot of places around the country. But for her, if I was advising her, it's what I would tell her to do. This is when you this is when you have the, you are the most sincere, is when you are uh, you know, shaking your fist at God, frankly, I don't know how else to put it, but that's when she is the most sincere and effective as a politician, because it's because you know she believes this stuff. you know it. You know, she believes it in, in, in her bones. She is, you know, uh, just like, uh, just like um, Pharaoh's magi really believed that they were going uh, to, uh, in, in the magic tricks they were performing against Moses there uh, at, at, at Pharaoh's court. She believes in this stuff all the way she's in. All right. She's not, she's just, you know, she's just not, you know, shucking and jiving for bail here. Okay. I mean, no, 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 no. She's a high priestess. And when you see the certainty there, you know, it reminds you of very much like a Bernie Sanders. Kamala Harris, Kamala, Kamala has none of that. And, and if, if, in my view, she should just drop out now. Because now, now she is hurting herself as a potential future political brand by threatening to descend into a level of, of self-parody. And that's what you see in that video. Now, what you see in the in the battleground state poll that Aaron cited, that is an excellent poll for Donald Trump. First of all, it's registered voters, not likely voters. And it's very difficult to screen for likely voters, you know, a year before an election. But what you the reason why even the even the Biden numbers are excellent. Why? Because they show us. Let me go back to what I told you about polling in 2016. Aaron, I, I think I told you to count how many times I've said this. Is, is this the 416th time, I believe? 666th. Uh, nice. Thank you. Uh, the polls were not wrong in 2016. Say it with me now. The polls were not wrong in 2016. The macro polling showed Hillary Clinton was going to win the popular vote by about two points. She did. And then it showed that a lot of the battleground state polls were within the margin for error. And they were who got 2016 wrong were people like me, forecasters who take that data, then apply it to what is happening historically, economically. Then you look at organizationally, does somebody have an organizational edge over the other candidates? So on game day, election day, they can maybe make up a point or two on game day that, is unaccounted for in the polling, like we saw in 2012, which had similar polling. Barack Obama ahead by a couple of points in the Real Clear Politics polling average. The battleground state polls in a lot of these states were too close to call. He had a massive organizational advantage on the ground for Obama. And on game day, he made up two, three points in almost all these battleground states and won virtually all of them. And so when when Donald Trump is advertising for canvassers in Florida on Craigslist, literally, They were doing that when he's advertising for canvassers in Florida on Craigslist 72 hours before the election, you're kind of wondering about where he's at organizationally. (laughs) All right. When, when you saw the early voting numbers in Nevada and I know there's been some rightful skepticism about early voting numbers. Now that we're, you know, in 2008 we, it was clear Barack Obama turned out people that had not voted before. Now what's happened in every election since, is we've seen more and more that early voting numbers, because Democrats dominate them most of the time. Is a lot is lo- a lot of it is just cannibalizing your own vote. Meaning people, you, the same people that were always going to vote for you are just voting earlier, but it's not adding to your total. But in Nevada, what we saw. Is that was the case, and a, and what's been a Republican state a lot of years flipped and went blue in 2016. So you start seeing a lot of those people like me that do forecasting. You start seeing those sorts of things. The the Trump campaign, Kellyanne Conway was on the I think CNN at five o'clock on election night, basically uh, conceding the election and blaming the RNC for not helping with with the data and helping going all out for uh, the Trump campaign to win. And then we get to election night and the forecast models were all wrong. And if you look at these battleground states that Trump won, the three most decisive ones by 78,000 total total votes, that's the margin for error. So, again, what did the polling show? Hillary was going to win the popular vote by about two points. She did. Uh, and that the battleground states were within the margin for error. And when we got to game day, isn't that exactly what happened on election night, Todd? Yeah. That's exactly what happened. So if you look at these polls, what you're seeing now is a similar dynamic taking place sh- taking sh- sh- or taking form in 2020. Where it seems prob- possible to likely Donald Trump is going to lose the popular vote again. Like, like every, every Democrat imaginable in California, New York, Massachusetts is voting a couple times. All right. Maybe more. But again, it's about the electoral college, not about the popular vote. And we get into these battleground state polls. I think I quoted my buddy Drew McCoy on Friday. And in this era, you're buddies with someone when you retweet each other a lot. (laughs) I think I met Drew once at CPAC for like five minutes. All right. But, you know, um, when the jobs numbers came out and he said, you know, I think the Democrats are going to have it. He's no fan of Donald Trump, by the way. Uh, And he said, but I think the Democrats have a tough argument to make, which is, yes, give up on job numbers like this because orange man bad tweets stuff. I don't I don't know that voters in Pennsylvania and Michigan, that that's going to resonate with them, maybe as much as it does with the MSNBC, CNN lineup. And what do you see when you look at these numbers? Exactly that. Exactly that. If you're Donald Trump and you're losing by 10, 15 points to Joe Biden head to head national polls and you're only four to five points down in a lot of these battleground states, that's, just, that's basically the margin for error or yep. right hovering around it, and, and your, your, your base hasn't calcified yet, and the Democrats are the only ones out there really campaigning full-time, that's great news for you. Because what it shows is there is, there's an, 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 within the electoral map, there is a, pardon the pun, resistance To the what has been the Democrat strategy barring an economic downturn, which is try to create so much disdain for for Donald Trump, knowing that he will play into it himself. Let's be honest about that. He'll help you do it. Okay. try to create so much disdain for Donald Trump, knowing he will assist you to some measure in that cause that people just say, I need this to end and I want it over with. And what it shows you is in those key battleground states, a state like Michigan, which just had a, a massive uh, takeover by Democrats of the governor's mansion, for example, in the, in the 2018 election. Even in a state like that, enough people right now are paying attention that they're like, they crazy. Yeah, he's nuts too. But the, my paycheck, I'm getting a paycheck. I mean, you want you 30 trillion for Medicare for all? Hell no, we're not doing that. And if pe- if there's enough... Resistance to that right now before the Trump team has truly poured because they're they're raising incredible sums of money right now before they really unload that money with that message. That's largely organic. That that kind of firewall in these battleground states is largely organic. You've not really seen yet a coordinated effort like that ad that ran during the World Series. They haven't even begun putting 20 million on the air in Michigan with a, with a message like that. And so what that tells you is that's, that's in the zeitgeist just organically. That people are paying enough attention and thinking, dude, I, I, I know he's a narcissist and he's petulant and I can't stand his Twitter account, but... Bolshevik? Really? That, that, that's happening organically in re- reaction to what they have seen from Democrats campaigning this year. And so, if that's already in the water table, guys, what happens when when Trump starts actively dumping his message in, into that bloodstream? When he when he actively and affirmatively starts to reinforce that, and what you're seeing is a is an environment that that looks a lot like how 2016 turned out. You have any thoughts on that, Todd?
3: Well, along those lines, one of the things I'm most certain about in the next segment is going to speak to what you're talking about. The the actively dumping uh, the, uh, well, I don't, it's the the jingoism that Trump is going to bring, Mm -hmm. the MAGA, Mm -hmm. the stuff that people, uh, even in the cheapest version, the most saccharine version, are starving for take anything other than this. It's going to ring in them in a way that I don't think I don't I don't know how many points it's going to be worth because it's going to depend on Trump's persona. But it's it, it's going to be a refreshing change of pace for people. It's like Captain America. I think I think we could use a little uh, w- one of the movies. He said, I think we could use a little uh, nostalgia right now in the yes. first movie. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. You
2: know the
1: line I'm talking about.
2: Yeah. What do you think, Aaron? Quickly. Yeah, I I think the analysis about um, all of the Democrats being in the water table and what they're talking about being in the water table, that cuts both ways. Um, Donald Trump still has to go out there and be Donald Trump, and he still has to give people a reason to vote for him.
1: We'll come back. We're going to give our take a year from now what might happen in the 2020 election. Stay tuned. I got a special offer for you. Please listen carefully. Uh, Today, we're living in a world full of political uncertainty and financial deception, fueled by overvalued stocks and bonds, which have created massive financial bubbles worldwide. Essentially, the whole world is a bubble at this point. Now, there's one exception to this, and that is gold and silver, which have held their value over history better than any other asset class on earth. So here's our amazing special offer today to illustrate our commitment in helping you protect your financial future. Our partners over at Swiss America have agreed to virtually give you one of the most popular precious metal U.S. coins ever minted below cost for just $18.50 while supplies last less than $20. That's right. That's an exclusive offer to Blaze listeners right now. But you must call 800-289-2646 right now. Write it down. Give them a call. 1-800-289-2646 1-800-289-2646 to own one of the most popular U.S. silver coins ever minted for less than 20 bucks. You can get it for $18.50. Just to test to see, do you get an ROI on $18.50? If you look at the history of gold and silver in this particular coin, I think the odds of that are pretty high. But call their bluff for less than 20 bucks. Why not? Call them right now. one 800 289 2646. That's 1-80-289-2646 for Swiss America. All right. So the remainder of this show, we're gonna pretend it's a year from now. Because we are 366, I think it is, actual days. Until
2: yes. It was a year from yesterday, I believe. A
1: year so three sixty-three. Yep. Three sixty
2: four. Okay. Or three sixty-four. Yeah. Math.
1: Math is hard. Okay says the kid who got the 17 on his ACT math portion, which is why he ended up in community college, all right? So here we go, all right? 364 days from today is the 2020 election. Each of us are going to take our initial stab at, and no, that's not a reference to Hillary Clinton getting in the race. but See what I did there? Okay. <laughs> Each of us are going to take, I'm here all week, try the veal. Uh, we're going to take our initial stab at what we might be talking about one year from today, the day after the 2020 election, we each have our Electoral College maps, and then we're going to We're gonna answer what is it where the most confident is going to happen, and what is it where the least confident is going to happen one year from now? Aaron, you're up first.
2: All right, so here's my map. Basically, the only thing that is definitely surprising, uh, maybe Minnesota would surprise some people. I, I do think that he has—that's that's the one that I'm kind of going out on a limb for. I mean, he nearly, he nearly won that state— Oh, three years ago. So Donald Trump I'm talking about, of course. And so I, I am going out on a limb there. I do think Nevada actually has a chance to maybe turn back uh, red again. I think something crazy like that could happen. The rest of this, it's pretty cut and dried. I think Iowa's going to go back to, to being blue. It seems like that happens uh, That happens on the regular. Goes. I mean, it's a purple state. You've got it's
1: Virginia a, red.
2: Yeah, I do have You think Virginia. he wins
1: Virginia and not Pennsylvania?
2: Yep. Yeah, I wow. I think I think with all the crap that's gone on in Virginia uh at this point from the you know what the governor's office Lieutenant sure. Governor things like that I think they'll be able to capitalize on that pretty pretty handily. Uh, the Rust Belt states, though, I mean, Ohio, I think that that's, that's as close as I can think to a lock for Trump, barring something unforeseen. But as far as Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, those states that uh, were a surprise the last time around, I do think that those go back fairly easy. I'm, I, I, can I start with my least confident?
1: Let me get Todd's take on your map okay. first. What do you think of Aaron's
2: map? Well,
3: Aaron knows my take. Wow. We, Aaron and I were almost in absolute mind meld. Unbelievable. We're one state off, I think.
1: You know what's? You know, if I could give a big takeaway from that map, it's it's pretty much what until Trump, when he was able to uh, flip Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania, it's pretty much what a map would look like for a Republican to win in this modern era. Yeah. All right, Ohio, Virginia, and Florida, until 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 Trump lost the suburbs of, of Virginia and yet a huge influx of government workers there in the Obama years, and that became a, a swing to Blue State. You know, all of, you know, most of our lives, we were always, you know, post-Reagan, what we we're always told. Ohio, Virginia, and Florida, the Republican has to win those three, right? And so when you look at Aaron's map and you flip Nevada back to red, I mean, that, that's pretty much a George W. Bush 2004 election map. Now, he did win Iowa that year, barely, that's the first time a Republican had won the state since 1988. Um, and I think he won New Hampshire too. But um, by and large, that's a that's a fairly conventional Republican pre-Trump era path to winning the White House.
3: Well, and sitting there looking at that thing, I just told myself, I can't think too hard about this because with the margin of error so tight in so many states, and, and we, I don't know that the schizophrenia that could set in and how that that map could look more pockmarked than at any time in human history just based on the last trip somebody took i so i just maybe that's why okay nostalgia kind of kicked in
1: all right so your least and most confident thing in your own predictions and and analysis least
2: confident is losing pennsylvania uh, I think he's. I think he's a lot more. I, I think this is much closer to being a toss-up than a definite. A definite blue state. Um, so that's my least confident. Most confident. I. I just have this feeling. I don't know why. I can't base it on too many on facts. Other than other than a couple of anecdotal. Other than the Twin Cities in Minnesota, Duluth actually that area. I saw the other day, that's actually Trenting Republican in mm-hmm. um, uh, the Twin Cities. There's uh, it, it, it's I don't it's it's outside of the Twin Cities. Minnesota is MAGA country, man. Uh, so I think that there is actually a really, really decent chance that Minnesota goes red in uh, in 2020. And that would be astounding. Absolutely. Astounding. I, I,
1: I would have a hard time envisioning a scenario where Minnesota goes red and Wisconsin and Iowa do not. Yeah. But. I've had a hard time envisioning lots of scenarios yeah. in recent yeah. years which is why I'm 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 gonna let it slide <laughs> I'm like all right I mean okay all right all right so Todd your election map walk us through it
3: oh there it is look at Minnesota's the only difference Aaron and I had
2: I I just want to put this out there I I did not really look hard at Todd's map I I did not I hardly looked at it at all to be so, honest so so
1: you've got 272 to 260 so you've got a late night and, well, is what you think is going to happen? I, You've got a late night a year from now. When I
3: was clicking the colors on this thing, and I, you know, you see the bar. Be court
1: challenges. We're going to see if it's two seventy-two oh, to yeah. two sixty-six. Well,
3: but that's why it felt right. I purposely did not look at the numbers changing mm-hmm. because I just didn't want to be influenced. By that in any way, shape, or form, and so when I got done with this, and like I said, I purposely didn't take too long, and I saw that that's where it was, and this feels like at any given time a coin flip election. I like I'm, I'm walking away, I'm leaving that like it, it like it is. The thing I'm most confident is, and I I wouldn't have had this until last uh, week, but that that polling out of Florida concerning Ron DeSantis. And how Daniel Horowitz said basically, this is MAGA without all of the crap. Mm-hmm. If Donald Trump get, gets out his own way, that that is going to resonate. And particularly, and this is why you you reacted with a question mark. Where is it going to resonate better than in places like North Carolina mm-hmm. and Virginia? And
1: I think you, you if you've got, let, let's say Ron DeSantis loses fifteen points off his approval rating, and he's and he's and he's fifty seven fifty eight percent approval on election mm-hmm. day. A Republican nominee for president is not losing Florida when the Republican governor has a near sixty percent approval rating statewide. And to it's the, not happening.
3: And to the extent the whatever the status quo that can kind of kick in and override other things, you know, the, those I think, like he said, because of the craziness in uh, in Virginia, I think they'll come south into a solid South. Whereas Pennsylvania's right, you know, it's it's an East Coast. I think they will. Kind I'm fascinated
1: of, that both of you have. A, a fairly conventional electoral college map,
3: well, and this goes to what we learned about uh, I mean, I believe in the one whose dumbest last loses, uh, and that's why this I think this thing will be close in the end. But when you talked about twenty eighteen about how ultimately, the math just kicked in in a way that...
1: Meaning that the this was, and, I, and I've, I've always given her credit, Amy Walter at the Cook Political Report was the first person that made this observation, uh, which is, you know, when when, it, when we do get done, we're going to look back and realize that the swing districts in the House were largely in places that Hillary Clinton won in 2016, and the Senate elections were largely in places Donald Trump won, and I think you're just going to see a replay and a, and a run it back of that in 2018, and... And she was exactly right about that. I mean, the the places where Trump ran weekly, they lost all those House seats. And the states that he won, they won all those Senate seats, except for Arizona. So, yeah, that's what you're talking about.
3: The thing I'm least certain about is all of that uh, blue in the Midwest. I mean, that's our backyard. That's our people. But we we are absolutely, I think, the most double-minded in this current state. I think those are all going to be incredibly close. And so I defaulted. To a traditional model there, but I, I'm, I, I'm, it's like you just said, I, I, I had thoughts of picking one or two states and splitting that up, and then I said, how, how do I, I can't justify that any more than going all of them blue. Um, that's really tough for me.
2: I, I, can I add this in here? You too? Bet. Another thing that's tough about this is whether or not, uh, what, what side of the uh, coin you come down to on whether or not Trump was on the ballot in 2018. If that makes sense, sure. If you, if you believe that he was on the ballot in 2018, that's going to affect how you see 2020 coming up. Mm-hmm. If you don't believe that, then that's that's going to have the inverse or the reverse uh, effect on on how you view 2020 as well. So I want to throw that in there as well as a caveat.
1: Here's what I can tell you: if if you're right, even more so than Aaron's map, I know you don't think ten electoral college votes makes a difference. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does because when when if if the winner of this thing has two more that has has just two over the minimum then that means you're talking political hand-to-hand combat in a lot of those states you're, you're 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 probably and especially this you're talking a highly divisive environment the amount of legal challenges that would come out of this i mean you're in your scenario i think you're looking at a a a replay of 2000 but on steroids With it, with a meaning the Florida recount election, and we didn't know till like you know mid December who the next president was going to be. I I think you're looking at particularly with the cable news. I mean the cable news environment. You know, Alan Keyes had a show on MSNBC in 2000. Joy Williams has shows now. I I mean, in the in the new in the way that drives the news cycle, and then the way Trump will 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 push back. Uh, in ways George W. Bush wasn't willing to, you know, bringing Jim Baker out of retirement to kind of handle the operation for him and try to keep it dignified. Oh, no. I mean, it, it, your scenario is would be using virtually every institution in this country to actively fight a civil war is what would happen if your scenario plays itself out.
3: And that's why when I got done with the math and looked at that, note, doesn't that feel like totally right to you? Like, that's where we live, man. Hmm.
1: Well, this I did not anticipate, okay? But depending on your perspective, I'm either Mr. Pessimist or Mr. Optimist. Here is my map of what I think we're going to see a year Whoa. from now. And I have close to the, the, the biggest route a Republican can have in the current political uh, polarization of the electoral college map that that it, maybe you could still flip nevada maybe you could still flip colorado a true purple state maybe maybe if it's a hard culture war election because of what's gone on in virginia but but here's why i have this map that you know i've, I've cited the stat before so i have it 319 to 219 what would i would i historically only one president has ever been reelected without growing his base in the history of the U.S. presidency, other than FDR and Woodrow Wilson, who were presidents during world running for re-election during world wars. Barring that, no American president has ever been able to get reelected without growing his base, except one, and that's Barack Obama in 2012. He's the only one, other than those who were president during world war one and world war two, which obviously those are outliers given where a good portion of your voting public was otherwise engaged. And I think this president is far more polarized or polarizing than even Barack Obama was because, and it's different too because it's personal. I think given the messaging we've already seen from him, and and the and and i'm actually even though you guys don't agree with my conclusions i'm bolstered by the reasons you guys gave for yours that if you guys are both seeing you know some southern comfort when it comes to the the cultural side of things i think that plays into what i'm talking about all the more that i think i i think the democrats are going to nominate someone who wants to win an argument with history like elizabeth warren um and I think Donald Trump has already shown a willingness to expose, take advantage of, milk, mine, prosper off of cultural flashpoints that that probably no one since George H.W. Bush, when he ran a hard right culture war campaign against Michael Dukakis, has truly done in the Republican side. George W. Bush did some of this in 2004. And Carl Rove has is even, is even said that was their master plan, was to run on the culture war. And, and you saw in the exit polling after 04, the number one issue of, of, on the minds of voters was, was, was moral values. And that's the last time a Republican won the popular vote. I, I think this guy understands that this is his meal ticket and it's what he's the best out of these flashpoints. And I think the Democrats are going to serve them up and I think we're going to have a reckoning election. I think people are going to have to give an opinion on trans athletes and things of that nature, the likes of which that, you know, they really haven't in the past. And if you do that, I, to me, I think that's a referendum election then. I think, and, 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 and I think he, I think this is the outcome. It's just we might debate what the number, who, what, who gets which side. That I think people decide that um, I just, I have to sign up for this because I want Donald Trump gone or the economy takes a downturn and therefore I've got to sign up to be governed by Greta Thunberg's parents. I have to sign up for this. I've got to be governed by um, uh, uh, Caitlyn Jenner. I have to do it. And they make that, they, they bite the bullet and make that choice or they bite the bullet and say, he's a goofy bastard, man. But I can't, I can't sentence my kids and my country to that. And I think it's a, I think it's, I think it's cut and dried, without a middling. I, I think, I think someone's getting, I believe someone's getting a mandate. I guess is what I'm trying. Particularly if now we're going to have an impeachment, we're going to throw into this too. We're gonna, to, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna polarize the polarization even more. I mean, we're going to walk up to a down power line and pour kerosene on it and light a match then i i don't see any split decisions coming out of this i i think i think it's i think someone is getting a mandate out of this they are or trump and republicans are one or the other and that's what i'm the most confident in i'm 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 the least confident actually in the state of the economy and and here's why because it's it's all a bubble and I don't know how many John McLaughlins work at the Federal Reserve that wouldn't mind in the third quarter of next year just raising some rates and and tanking this thing in order to to screw him over, okay? That we just can't forecast at the current moment, all right? Or um, China decides, you know what? We don't want any deals. And we'll take our chances that we can cut a deal with the next person better. And so we just and then uh, uh, Trump's Southern Hemisphere gets involved, the pride gets involved, and we just quadruple down on trade wars and tariffs and everything else. I'm actually the least confident in that. It's the economy. Because of how fabricated all of it is and and the, and the what will the people fabricating it do? Your thoughts on that, gentlemen? Well, what you just
3: did with the Midwest speaks to why I said it was my most uncertain. Uh, and that actually gives me confident that that pockmark thing I talked about, about the entire nation. Now that we see all three, maybe that's the Midwest. I mean, it, even if, uh, it's some hybrid of what I said and what you said, and Aaron is gave him Minnesota, maybe that's the, it, it's all right there. They go 50, 50 and you still get, it's still a, a win for Trump. Aaron.
2: Yeah. It, this, this could literally go anyway. We're a mad people. These are mad times. I, I, I think, your, I think your analysis has just as much sound reasoning as Todd or I I's as well.
1: Well, now we're going to get your analysis, and it's your turn to go on the record one year out when we come back. Stay tuned. We're back with hour two, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. If you are listening to us today, by the way, via the podcast, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five star review wherever you choose to podcast from, because the more of those we get, the more the algorithms help us to find people like you, and the more likely we are to get to continue to do this job. Thank you to the thousands of you that have left us those five star reviews already. Please keep them coming. is the number. That's 888-933-93. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Show. I got up this morning and I posted on our Facebook page the topic we're now going to turn over to you, which we were just discussing uh, in the last segment. All right. So here's our Monday Town Hall topic. It is almost exactly one year. In fact, it was one year yesterday until the 2020 presidential election. So really, it's one year from today, 365 days from today, we're going to be breaking it down. And and what is it we're going to be breaking down? We gave you our way too early predictions, all three of us in the last hour. And then th- the thing about our analysis and predictions we're the most and least confident about. Now it is your turn. Because we're going to sit here a year from now and have some fun with this. All right. So the day after the election next year, we're going to have all of our analysis and takeaways, et cetera. And then maybe like day two after the election, we're just going to go back and find this tape and we're just going to roll it in real time and just have each of us give our own mystery science theater reactions to what we thought and what you thought. And if it turns out you got something, spe- and you got to get something more than Trump wins. If it turns out you've got something you can get specifically right, we'll come up with some kind of prize package. I don't know what it is. It's a year from now. So I've got plenty of time to, to think about what a it might be. car. It won't be that. Okay. But, it, but you know, hopefully it'll be something more than, uh, you know, a coffee cup. Although we've got plenty of those. so It might be that. It might be that, or it might include that. All right. So if you've got a prediction you want to throw in the time capsule a year from now when we open it up after the 2020 election, give us one specific prediction you think's got a chance of being right. I didn't say it couldn't be nuts. I've already looked at what some of the people have been posting on our Facebook page. There's some nuts stuff there. All right. But you know what? As Todd, you like to point out, nuts is where we live right now. If, if I'd have gone back last early November with with Ted Cruz sweating out Beta O'Rourke. If, if I'd have told you, folks, I went, if I'd have come, if I said, folks, I jumped into the DeLorean, I went a year ahead into the time machine and Beta O'Rourke is done as a political brand. Would you believe me, Todd? Then? Oh, yeah. no, no way. No. no way. If Six months ago, you know, when he announces and he's raising all that cash, Aaron, if I'd have told you, dude, in six months, Beta O'Rourke's going to be a national joke out of the race and have no future in politics, you would have said what to me?
2: Yeah, I want um, I want what you're smoking.
1: Right, but it but it happened. Did it not occur? It did. It did occur. If, if I would have told you the morning after, if I'd have come in here the morning after Elizabeth Warren said hi to Fortnite and uh, got her uh, husband a uh, beer. I you don't
3: know what I feel about that. Okay,
1: yeah. if I'd to come in here the morning after Elizabeth Warren said uh, uh, hi to Fortnite and got her husband a beer in the most awkward way humanly possible... And said, "Guys, that she's going to be the Democratic nominee." Todd, you would have said what to me? You're fired. Yeah, I would have never said it. In fact, I'm the I'm the guy that coined the phrase in this business. Once you go joke, you go broke. You don't come back from being a punchline. She is, she's perilously close to being the first one to ever do it.
2: Aaron, what would you have said? Uh, I would say, uh, well, she got another uh, DNA test, and it turns out she actually is two in one thousand twenty fourth Native American.
1: Indeed. So nuts is where we live. Don't be afraid to go out on a limb. Right? It's just got to be specific if you have a prediction. 888-900-3393. 888-900-3393. We'll get to the phones in just a second. This portion of the show brought to you by our friends over at Rid Zone. Hey, if you are fighting the urge this time of year, especially, it's the best, most wonderful time of the year for many things, food included. Just remember, though, it's not what you're eating, but how much. Getting your portion sizes, cravings under control are always a challenge given the way we're made, but particularly with all of the abundant temptation Available this time of year. That's why you want to check out Riduzone. All it does is boost your your body's ability to regulate your appetite by boosting this molecule called OEA, and OEA is the fancy abbreviation for the signal the belly sends to the brain to let it know when you're full. And all Riguzone is, is more of that OEA. That's it. That's why it's FDA accepted, vegan friendly, and gluten free. It's not loaded with chemicals, fillers, preservatives, additives, caffeine, stimulants of any kind. It's just OEA. So if you want to say, hey, I want to, I want to, I got to have some bananas cookies, man. I got to have one or two of those. I just, I, I know from in the past, I can't avoid having 12. Give RidUZone a shot. Get 30% off a three-month supply right now when you visit RidUZone.com. R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E for RidUZone.com. Use promo code Steve to get that 30% off a three-month supply. Promo code Steve, RidUZone.com all right let's go to the phones get you on the record are you looking at some of the social media stuff by the way right now not yet right, i was you, you, you were bit, checking yeah. it out a little bit yeah. okay let's go to the phones 888 933 3393 it's our year in advance time capsule give us one specific prediction for the 2020 election and let's begin with a good friend of the program our good friend constantinus Rhoditus out there in california welcome to the show my man how are you i'm good my friend how are you Better than I'd, I could be a little better, but I could be a lot worse if you know what I'm saying, right? So I let's that. get you on the record. You want to predict what in the, is going to happen in the 2020 election.
5: I'm basically predicting the exact same map uh, minus uh, Maine second district. I believe Trump will go ahead and lose that one. Democrats will take it all the way. I think Nevada has the possibility of that swinging to Republicans. now if Warren. Is the nominee? I believe that Trump will win that one, so it'll boost it up to about 311. If it's bootage, I believe it could go. uh, He can win it, so it'd be at 305. I think Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania will go again to Trump. Uh, New polling numbers that have come out today and have been showing for likely voters within that er area, especially if I think Warren's going to be the nominee, swings uh, Trump's way. Uh, I think there's new poll just came out. Trump in Michigan, 45 to 40 against Warren. Um, Florida, he's also doing Wisconsin, 47, 45. Pennsylvania, he's 46, 44 uh, against Warren. So in those likely scenarios, I still think he will be 305, maximum 311.
1: All right, so you think that that's a you know that's a fairly resounding victory that you think Trump is going to have in two thousand and twenty, Constantinos? Yes. Okay. Hi, right, man. Thanks for the phone call. Good to talk to you as always. I'm sure we'll be hearing from you again here in a couple of days. For buy, seller hold, gentlemen, your thoughts on that, Todd? Do you have any?
3: Well, the same with you. the certainty of a resounding victory for anybody this far out flies in the face of the one who's dumbest last loses on some of, I'm just the, we have no idea which insane issue is going to take over our debate. But see, that's why I,
1: far be it for me to, um, um, uh, to scold you for disavowing your own, uh, uh, you know, philosophy that you yourself coined. But this is a Franz Ferdinand environment. This is a cow kicking over Mrs. O'Leary's lantern environment. If you get the references I'm making. Sure. Here. This is a powder keg environment.
3: Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. And this is, this is the kind of thing where this thing is highly polarized and someone does something dumb at the end. And suddenly you lost three or four points in seven States. You never saw coming. Right. Right. And I, I, you know, Elizabeth Warren stands up at the last presidential debate and says, um, I, I, yeah, I think you guys, uh, have to pay for, uh, gender reassignment for, uh, uh for, for, uh, elementary school kids or you're bigots and hated that kind of thing. Okay. And then, and, cause here, here's what in that scenario, here's what Donald Trump is not going to do. George W. Bush stands up and says, I, I just respectfully don't agree with that. And just think a child of that age just can't make decisions like that. And a lot of people around the country will nod their heads and it it moves a couple of points. Trump's going to stand up and say, that's effing nuts. Pardon my French, guys. You know what? I I mean, I've I've raised a whole bunch of kids. I know, you know, my kids have stayed out of the police blotter despite all of my problems. I think I know a thing or two about being a dad. I've got a young one at home right now. I'm sorry. That's just effing nuts. We're not doing that. Is he not going to do that? Oh, yeah. He's going to do that. And then instead of a few points of people saying, And nodding their heads and saying, "Yeah, we got it. We have to." Yeah, a whole bunch of people are like, "Yeah, that's just that's effing nuts." Is what that is. It's effing nuts. It it's because of your environment. I my my analysis takes into account yours. It's because I I'm all in on what you have said that I think is going to happen. That's why I think this thing. But I will tell you, I could see this going the other way. Just as fast, okay. Right. That's why that's I think exactly the map right. is going to look like that. It's just something, or the count is going to look like that. It's just a matter of what, what, which side has which total.
3: Yeah, but that's that's a margin of error of like everything. Yes,
1: Well, you guys so, kind okay. of pick, you guys kind of pick split decisions. I don't think it's a split decision. I don't. I, I, I think it. I think it's a. I think it, it. It could be in that it's 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 a close decision in a lot of these states where it's one, two, or three points. But I I think someone's walking out of here with a mandate from the country. I I don't think they're walking out of here eminent haunt. I don't. But I've been wrong before. Let's go back to the phones. Let's go to Jeff, who's also calling from California. Jeff, welcome to The Blaze. What's your one 2020 election prediction? What do you think, Jeff?
5: I think Trump will sweep. I think he's going to carry states He may even carry California. I'm a retired teamster and I have always voted Democrat. In 2016, I voted for Trump. And a lot of my friends said I was goofy and crazy and everything of that sort. A lot of my relatives said about that. Now they're all on the Trump train. Let me tell you, there's more people out there that love that man than you can imagine. And they're all gonna come out, especially the union workers. We're going to come out in groves and i predict that he will sweep up the 400 electoral votes i really believe he'll do it and i believe he'll carry the popular as well
1: wow you know what though in this environment my friend jeff the 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 riskier the gambit of your pick, the more likely it is going to come true in this environment. Thanks for the call, man. We appreciate it. All right, take care. So let me. I grew up in a Teamster household. You wanted to say something to Jeff <laughs> about Jeff's well, hey,
3: call? I, I, California is, you know, on fire. Uh, there's been great babble on B memes about it. Its, it's progressive future is giving up electricity. <laughs> so who knows? Yeah, maybe they're maybe they're more fed up. Then everybody else at this point, hey, what? Sure, sure. Yeah, pre-
2: just just to put some more finer points, as I understand the situation in California, they're experienced massive preventative blackouts because of high winds for power uh, to, to high winds caused down power lines which start forest fires and they start forest fires because deforestation is at a low right now Mm -hmm. like an unnatural low Mm -hmm. and so that's why california burns all the time because we got to save the trees and save the little baby animals that's basically why california is burning and so, yeah, who, who knows?
1: So I, I grew up in a Teamsters household. I'm still a Teamster in good standing, by the way. When I left my job at UBS 25 years ago, it was the last time I was a member of the Teamsters. I made sure I paid all my dues and everything of that na- nature. The union was good to me. I mean, I, I, mean I, I made $11 an hour as a part-timer working at UPS and from 1991 to 1993. That's, that's pretty good money. I mean, you know, try going up to a, a fashionable suburban mall like we have here called Jordan Creek and getting a, a part-time job, you know, for $11 an hour now in 2019, I was making that, you know, right out of high school, working part-time at UPS 20 hours a week and had the, you know, I had medical care and everything else. And the, the teamsters were good to me. I had no issues with them and made sure I left with all my dues. Uh, my dad, my stepdad, uh, Dave always made a good living as a member of the teamsters union, work in construction my whole life. So I grew up in a household like the one Jeff in California is talking about. And, the union situation speaks to the polarization because what's dying in America, unions are dying in America. Private sector ones are the, the, the people like the, the teamsters and the AFL CIO folks, you know, your local electrical, uh, you know, brotherhood of electrical worker union, um, that union's dying in America. And the and the number one reason it's dying is it. Well, there's two reasons why it's dying. Globalism is one. Right, the idea that we can just uh, you know ship those jobs overseas and get them done cheaper somewhere else, and which who speaks to that? Who speaks to so, that? In theory, MAGA does. In, in theory, it does yes. Okay, and then the other reason is um, a huge influx of illegal aliens, and I've talked about this before on this show. My my stepdad that I have now, my mom's second husband, Jim, is a perfect example of this. You know, for Jim, you know, most of his life was a union grade master carpenter didn't show up on a job site for like less than $29 an hour. And then there were it started ending having job sites to show up to. Why? Because illegals were doing that job for $8, $9 an hour and they didn't have any benefits either. And eventually no one was enforcing the law and homeowners, you know, to get extra work from somebody like my stepdad to do it That labor, what's the most expensive cost in any endeavor is what? Labor. Labor is always the most expensive cost. The human capital is always the most expensive cost. And so, hey, I don't need this roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if, if my stepdad Jim builds that roof for you with his crew, it's going to last 30 years. But you just need that roof to look good, so you can get a good, uh, you know, assessment on your house for your refi right now, or because you're going to sell the house right now. You don't care what it looks like for thirty years. You care what it looks like for the next three years. So I'll have you know uh, the the illegals do it, and just to get it done for a lot cheaper cost, just to get me the the point number I want in my loan, or you know, in the for sale price. And those jobs begin to dry up. Who also, in theory, who also speaks to that? trump because who's all for let's just bring in more and more illegals to take more and more jobs people like elizabeth warren who want open borders and joe biden and now there is one there's only one sector of unions that are growing in america and it's the government sector unions the ASMEs and the teacher unions why because government continues to grow and so there is a really big cultural divide in the union community along the lines of what jeff is talking about if you grew up in a private sector union, chances are you still might like government more than people like me do, but your moral value system you're not all in on the rainbow jihad and stuff like that okay but the you're not you're not screaming and yelling at your rallies the way that the afsmes and the uh, um the the teacher unions are because they're all in on the on the statist religion, and so Trump's not getting any that's your mobocracy to try to get rid of your governor Scott Walker how many times those sure. people all right so Jeff. You know, the question is how many of those kinds of union workers still exist because market forces have forced them out? All right. Particularly in a state like California, how many of them exist? In a place like Pennsylvania, a lot of those people still exist. And
3: how much further was there for this trend to go? I mean, this was happening before Trump. You've diagnosed something. Yes. It's not, yes, it, wasn't it was caused by but, Trump,
1: but there wasn't a Republican willing to articulate a message sure, that was, that sure. was, that was going to reach those people. So how
3: much more room is there? I'd yes. Agree. Yep. Let's if, go if back. Jeff, if Jeff's right and California goes, you're going to have to find a way to give him a car. You realize that <laughs> yeah, coffee cup ain't going to cut it. Jeff's going to need to cash in.
1: <laughs> uh, let's go to Maryland next. Nathan, Welcome to our time capsule town hall one year before the 2020 election here on the blaze. Do you have a specific prediction you want to give us, Nathan?
0: Uh, Yes, I do, Steve. I think that Hillary Clinton campaign slogan will be hindsight is 2020 with the Hillary H. And I think she's going to run on undoing everything that Donald Trump did, kind of like a clean slate. I actually think the Clinton Foundation has a lot more control over the media than people realize. And that they've kind of been orchestrating everything you've been confused about for the last few years. Including the rise and fall of Beto, Kamala Harris, which was really the only person I think in the field who could threaten Hillary. And uh, basically, Hillary's responsible for, for everything we see. I don't think she's going to win. And I think this whole impeachment thing is being timed for her jumping back in the race to make it as convenient as possible and basically to push it as close to the election and the primaries as they can. And I think Nancy Pelosi has been on board with it the whole time and has just been pretending just so she could stall. And get the timing right.
1: I think I, I I think Nathan, if you had called me and made and said laid this all out last year, I'd have laughed until I urinated in my depends right here on the studio set. Okay. Well, but know, a year later
0: pr- I could have made this prediction last year. I think this was all planned when she lost.
1: Well hold on though, hold on, because I'm gonna give you a, a I'm gonna give you a a solar system sized helmet sticker here in just a second. All right? Don't bury the lead. Nate, a year later, after what I just went through in the last year with Julie Switnick, Christy Blasey Ford, uh, you know, uh, fake Russian collusion. And we have to impeach a president, not because he gave my damn money to Ukraine, but because he took it away. There's probably not enough dots you could connect. I th- and I, I, I tried to count how many dots you were connecting in that brilliant call. And I, 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 lost, I, I lost count at like eight. All right. But there's probably not enough dots you could call and attempt to connect for me right now that I wouldn't think, oh, I'll buy it. Plausible. Yeah. I, that, I, I, I mean, that, I don't know. I don't, that at 20 this team point,
2: it y- sounds kind of y- good. Y- yes.
1: Based on, uh, we've seen a lot of attempts at 20 team parlays in the last year. Have we not, Aaron? Yep. Okay. And they were not, they, they were a lot less plausible than this one. Okay. So, you know what, Nate? First of all, that's, that's brilliant dot connecting. The, the sloganeering of hindsight is 2020. 20, with Hillary's H as the logo from 2016, that's that's brilliant marketing right there, my friend. If nothing else, so points, tons of points for creativity. Thank you for the call, Nathan. Todd, it's, your this thoughts. This show
3: is as lit as the Gadsden Mall. Jeff comes in like July. that. Yeah. Nate says, "Hold my beer, brother." Where where could we possibly go from here? Aliens
1: are probably involved. Let's go to Howard in Georgia next. Howard, welcome to the Blaze. Your specific prediction. For the 2020 election, Howard is what? Howard, are you there? I think he's gone. Did we lose how You know what? Howard's head just exploded, man. He <laughs> yeah. was listening to Nate's phone call. He's like, I got to call back. I cannot follow that up. I, I you, you, you don't want to be the guy who follows the guy. You want to be the guy, the guy who followed the guy who followed the guy. There's got to be, and I don't blame you. I wouldn't want to talk after that. There's got to be some space between you and Nate when a guy drops, when the guy drops a bomb on you the way nate just did he put you on blast like that yeah you don't want to follow that
3: how about uh, kelsey on facebook Uh, here's just a little space honestly more of a fear than a prediction but when trump wins in 2020 the radical left will go insane right in the streets and burn the country down
1: in other words turn 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 large pockets of the country into ferguson is what you're saying
2: yes yeah i is that I don't know. I, I mean, is that? Bold? I don't think it's. Not, I don't no, think no, that's how no, no, the realm of possibility. possibly. I just gave Except, on,
3: you know one of the things that was the
1: pause button.
2: One of, and this is one of the things
1: Lord Nefarious points out in Nefarious' plot. The the problem with these leftists, though, is have you noticed? They 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 burn down their own neighborhoods, like we saw in Ferguson. You know, Ferguson mm. was one of the true racially diverse suburbs in America. You know, with 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 a middle class.
3: saying like, why don't you go to Fort Worth and try burning that down? See how that goes for
1: you? Like the way, you know, the way a true vote Populi is supposed to work is when you're pissed at Marie Antoinette for dropping, let them eat cake. You don't like, man, I'm so pissed at that. I'm burning down my own straw hut, man. I hate that broad. You don't do that. No, no. You storm the Bastille. You burn down Versailles. You drag her out by her wig and you hang her, right? That's how it's supposed to work. So what are they going to do? Light up Seattle? Light up Oakland? Right? I mean, that's the whole thing with these leftists I've always found perplexing with their protests. It's their own enclaves that they burn down. I'm never, yep, they, what, what kind of revolution light,
3: does that? They light Berkeley on fire. Yes. And we're over here yeah. cheering. Um, Berkeley like, burns and we're like, get some
1: kerosene. And you're like, I'm on my AMC <laughs> app finding out what movies are showing tonight. I, I can't be bothered. Let, let me some you Venmo know? you some money to yes. help you
3: with this cause. I
1: mean, if, if I get an alert, Berkeley's burning, I can't be bothered with that. <laughs> you know, I'm like, why'd it take so long? Anyway, what movies are showing tonight? That's where I'm at right now. Is that where you're at? Sure. You're like, there's got to be a soccer tournament somewhere, right? It's five o'clock in America somewhere. They're playing soccer somewhere in Iowa. I can't be bothered by Berkeley on fire or or hate Ashbury or Oakland, California. I'm like, I don't care about that. Let's go back to the phones. Let's go to Mike in North Carolina. Mike, welcome to the Blaze. You have a specific 2020 election prediction to throw in the time capsule for us today, one year out.
4: Oh, yes, sir. Uh, first, uh, Nate's on, on the uh, spot on. Uh, we're being over to win. We got all these. It might be planned. And they're going to troll her out, and uh, she she's going to run again, I guess. And I didn't believe it until I heard what he said. Um, but let me get to it. Um, uh, the 2020 election, he will win. I mean, I'm, my neighborhood has Trump flags all over it and stickers all over the car. The car is not – he's going to win. But when he does, um, we're going to see map changes. Uh, uh, we might have uh, Montana. <laughs> uh, Western uh, Canada is sick of the um, – Politics of Eastern Canada and Quebec, and then you have Northern California been wanting to secede, and I just and maybe uh, after that we might see more map changes. Uh, Trump already tried to buy green. You're and- talking about a
1: schism. You're talking about schisms, is what you're talking about. Yeah, is yes, what you're talking about, Mike. Yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah sir. And and then after the second, I mean, you don't do crazy stuff. Well, crazy stuff. You don't do stuff like this on your first term, second term, like Obama did. Uh, uh, gas pedal to the floor. Just do it. I mean, I'm
1: I'm all for power building, like you said. Several okay. Times. I mean, that's tough. good. That's good stuff, Mike. Appreciate the phone call. So, Mike's prediction, Aaron, I think this is plausible for sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. That if Trump were to win re-election, you would see regions of of of, of here in the West of people, you know, particularly if if I if I'm right as I've been predicting since the day of the Brexit election, they never do it. Okay. Pockets of people around really the the the, hem, the Western hemisphere are, are essentially saying enough is enough. There's got to be some, we, we don't want to live your way and there's got to be, we, we got to declare some form of independence or divorce from this. That I could absolutely see stuff like that. What form it takes, I don't know, but I could see that.
2: Yeah. And, what that actually yeah what form it takes I, I i don't know that is a gargantuan thing and i know people have been talking about this western canadian divorce from the rest of of canada now especially since the the canadian election took place a few weeks ago and i i don't know how that i don't know how that even happens but i mean i think we can all rest assured it may not be in our lifetimes but people when they're po- pushed to a breaking point when they're pushed to a breaking point, man, um, things happen. Things happen that the powers that be just cannot, cannot control uh, eventually. It just takes a long, yep. long time.
1: There's never been a peaceful transfer of personal wealth and liberty in all of human history, and there never will be. There never will be. You know, there never will be. Not even, not even China. The reason why China made the move that it made to placate its people with technology and a certain amount of freedom provided they don't use it in any way, shape, or form to threaten the government. The reason why they did that is because of Tiananmen Square and, and, and the attention the world brought to bear on that moment. And, and so they were facing the exact same thing. They were going to face a, a, what, what happened in Hong Kong on a larger scale. So they had to offer their people some form of, of personal autonomy. There has never been a, a peaceable transfer of personal liberty and, and assets and wealth in all of human history and there never will be. They're always coercive or uh, by nature and they always require an uprising to defeat by nature because of our own nature. That's why. Um, that's why I think you could reach a scenario where maybe the most peaceable solution are forms of divorce. And... If you look at the Canadian election, here's why the there's no conservative party in Canada. All right. But here's why the Conservative Party in Canada lost. Because they nominated their version of a Mitt Romney, mm-hmm. John McCain type, who didn't want to get involved in the blackface Justin Trudeau stuff, or uh, they were shunning pro-lifers actively. And boy, if you were pro-marriage in Canada, if you were if you believed in marriage, they would they were literally saying, we don't want your vote. They were, the conservative party in Canada, I mean, literally saying, don't vote for us. You're a hater, a bigot. We don't want you. And so that's how Justin Trudeau survived. Think Donald Trump's going to do that? No. No. I mean, they had their version. They had, they had, they They should have had a Chick-fil-A election. And the conservative party in, in Canada made the, made made the, made an even bigger mistake than, than Mitt Romney made. Mitt Romney distanced himself from Ch- the Chick-fil-A uprising. The Canadian conservatives condemned it. And you tell people, hey, we don't want you to vote. We, we we don't want your vote. We don't give you permission to vote for us as the lesser of two evils. And enough people in Canada said, you're right, you're right, there's no point in voting for you. You'll put me in jail, right? Just a little bit later than Justin Trudeau will, for what I believe. Trump's never doing that. Now, once elected, you may not like how he follows through, but but rhetorically on the campaign trail, Never in a million years is he going to let opportunities like that slide. No, man. He's going to milk them for all that they are worth. Unlike his predecessors as GOP nominees. We'll come back, get to more of your phone calls. It's our one year in advance time capsule on the 2020 election. What's your one specific prediction? Next. Realestateagentsitrust.com was started because there is so much frustration with buying or selling a home. No urgency, no return phone calls, no real marketing. Maybe the answer you always get is, hey, let's, let's do another open house. So Real Estate Agents I Trust knew there had to be a better way and learned three keys to ensure success in your real estate investment. Number one is, selling or buying a home is a complicated process. It's difficult to navigate. So Real Estate Agents I Trust chooses agents with a long-vetted track record of successful performance. Not promises, not words, performance. Number two, market value for your home can't be done simply by an algorithm. It takes years of expertise to evaluate an individual market, price a home and accordingly. Uh, and and then quickly, for top dollar, agents are chosen as their experts in their particular locales. And then number three, home sellers, you got to like the agent genuinely that you choose to go to go with because it's a highly relational process. You're going to work very closely together. It, it just makes it far more likely it'll be successful if the two of you have a rapport. I still see uh, my last real estate agent, Scott Remsburg, around the neighborhood. Um, our kids play in the same sports leagues. We shop at the same stores. We still stop and talk to each other. And, and, you know, last time him and I did a business deal together was when we bought this home 13 years ago, right? You want to have that kind of rapport with your agent. If you want to find a real estate agent like that, go to the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. 888 933 93 is the number. It's our time capsule town hall. One year from today. We're going to be breaking down the morning after, the day after the 2020 election. Give us one specific prediction, because a year from now, if we can convince uh, the people here at The Blaze to subsidize us another 12 months, we're going to sit here and play this audio on the show and go back and listen, now that we have the results, to see, hey, who was on to something. And if you were on to something, we'll find out some kind of cool prize. Let me throw the word cool out. There's not much about this show that's cool, okay? But we'll come up with some prize to award you uh, for your prophetic capabilities. All right, let's go to Joe in Idaho next here on the Blaze Radio TV and podcast. How are you, Joe? Oh, fine. How you doing? I could be a little better, but I could be a lot worse. What's your one specific prediction for the election, Joe, a year from now?
0: This is a little crazy, but if there's a chance... If there's any mathematical possibility that Trump's going to get reelected, um, because the investigations must stop as far as the Democrats are concerned, they'll draft uh, Michelle Obama because she will win.
1: I I don't think that's nuts at all. I don't. I don't, I don't think I don't it's want nuts. to give them
0: any good ideas, but you know what I'm saying? That if, if, they, if there's any chance that they're going to keep the, because they, those investigations have to stop. Also, they'll, they'll open the impeachment process right before the election, the actual impeachment, because they won't have to, you know, either they win or they don't, because <clears throat> they're screwed either way.
1: <laughs> All, right. All right. Good stuff, Joe. Appreciate it. Take care. would you guys be shocked if if Michelle Obama was the running mate for whoever the democratic nominee is, for example, would you be shocked a little bit? Yeah, but I'm, I just saw another
3: person. It's a hybrid of what we just heard here. And what Nate said that uh, Lisa on Facebook said, this has been a, this has been a plan all along. Uh all of the candidates are are in on it. They they're doing this to make everybody look like whoever comes along, it's it might be Hillary, they said it also might be Michelle Obama, it could be somebody else, but it's going to make them look good coming in. There it's this is clearly in the water. It's it whiffs of uh four-dimensional uh chest
1: to me. Yeah, here's the thing. I can promise you. Let me take that back. I must, again, consider the era in which we are in, okay? I can, with the most assurance, I am comfortable preemptively offering in the current environment. <laughs> had to walk in that? <laughs> is back that a, a, a bit? And, and, uh, and, and then under clause eight, subsection B, yeah. uh, is that enough of a disclaimer <laughs> yeah. for you? Or not? Is that cautionary enough? Okay. How about if you walk in and this is the guy you're just, just gonna buy you're gonna buy a car from and he opens up with that line? Well, you know, with the most reassurance, I'm comfortable offering. No, no, you're not buying that car. But I I, I just feel like I, I can't be quite as certain with things as I used to be you know, around here. All right. But as certain as I can be certain in an uncertain era. The candidate, the Democratic candidates, are not all in on Ready for Hillary, if that's what you guys are thinking. They're not. Do I think it is absolutely possible that she is sitting back? Like, she's not Darth Sidious, if that's what we're saying, right? You're not getting people to do her bidding. Like Bernie Sanders isn't doing her bidding. You saw that last year. That's why they had to cheat to beat him. He was going to beat her for the nomination. But do I think like when Bill Clinton admitted, "Yeah, I encouraged Donald Trump to run because they thought he was going to beat him." Do I think that they that they encouraged some of these people to run? Yeah, yeah. That they, that thinking, you know, you guys have no shot. You go out there, screw the pooch, man, and they're going to be clamoring for the likes of me. Do I think that they could do something like that? You bet. Because you have to keep in mind that you know to understand the 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 place the Clintons hold within the Democratic Party the democratic party was a dead party before bill clinton it had been decimated on a national level by the reagan era and then the nomination of michael dukakis was a disaster you know he came out of his convention in the gallup uh, polling at, with a 17 point lead and then you know in a manner in a in a matter of months was annihilated and the reason he was annihilated is because George H. W. Bush ran hard right against him with the Willie Horton ads, the the Michael Dukakis in a tank. They so changed the zeitgeist that even now the media at debates was asking Michael Dukakis, "Hey, if your wife was kidnapped and raped, would you and murdered? Would you want the death penalty for her murder rapist? We, could you imagine a Democrat getting a question like that in a in a All right? Could, like, could you imagine yeah. today?" Martha Raddatz saying to Elizabeth Warren, Elizabeth Warren, are you would would you want your own son castrated? Would you want your own six year old grandson? Would 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 they get? No way, no way. Are they asking questions no. like that today? But uh, but uh, Bernard Shaw at CNN did of Michael Dukakis, and when Michael Dukakis said, "No, I don't want the murder rapist of my wife executed," the election, you should just. There was no need to continue on for another three weeks. Just vote that night. It's over. Okay, and the Democratic Party was humiliated as a result of this bill clinton resurrected it literally it was a go back they didn't think they had any chance in 1992 to beat george hw bush that's why they had such a weak field that even a a a sickly um, former governor named paul songas was the front runner for about a week bill clinton resurrected the party changed its branding everything Everybody with a position of power in the Democratic Party in the last 25 years owe some debt of gratitude to the Clintons. That's not in dispute. And so do I think a lot of people could, hey, I don't want to say it publicly, you know, because you're, but can I, can I talk to you privately? Do I think a lot of candidates could have gone to them quietly behind the scenes? And could they have encouraged a whole lot of people? Yeah, you go out there, you should run. Absolutely, you're the best. Knowing that they were going to fail and thinking this is how we create the environment, a little supply and demand where the people come clamoring back to me. Yeah, I think they could do that. But there's no way you're going to get 24 candidates to go all in on being tomato cans. Look at the video we played of Kamala Harris in the first hour. Does that strike you as someone who who, who knew going in she was at the tomato can here? I mean, ask not for who is the mark for the mark as you did, did no, she's this pathetic because she thought you were the mark and she was getting over on you, right? I don't believe they're that that that's possible. You have any thoughts on that?
3: Well, no, I don't. But I, which is also why I read that because I'm a little bit in the minority uh so far, and that's a little bit uh, disconcerting for me. I mean, why? Uh, why isn't Occam's Razor that that it, people who this is exactly what you'd expect to get in terms of a field and you're not going to get any better when they believe in transgenderism. Yes.
1: Yeah. I I think this is a case of when eventually all when, when when a generation of candidates who firmly believe in the stuff that we've been warning about arises and they're way outside the American mainstream, they're going to fail. Like it's going to look like this. It's going to look like this. What you're looking at right now. And Uh, twenty soldiers, Hillary, how,
3: how much can you redeem that woman? No matter what, at this point, Michelle Obama. I, I don't. It's one thing to go out and do the, you know, the dinner circuits. Can she redeem this stuff? I mean, every time she's tried to come out and do something where she says, you know, no. I, I this no, was because I,
1: eventually, this is the difference between someone like Trump and a Mitt Romney and a John McCain. Eventually, he's going to make you talk about the issues. He's he's he. <laughs> It's not so yeah. much the way he's governed. I like like they put out another statement today, grabbing their ankles for the courts, okay? So when it comes to governing man he's he's not that much different than the average Republican. You've gotten a right. little more from him than you'd get from the average Republican, but emphasis on a little more, all right? But rhetorically, politically as a as a campaign instrument, he's never ever gonna let them get away with the red meat because at the end, he's a salesman. And if you, if you put a mark, if you put a target and a product in front of a salesman that he knows is going to sell, he's going to sell it. And he knows kneeling NFL players, whining pro shy NBA players, let's castrate children. He knows this sells and there's no way he's a, he's a salesman at the core and fiber. Whenever you've talked to him and I've told the story before, After I met him for the, actually we had talked several times, but after I met him personally for the first time, like a month or two later, he comes to Iowa for that Steve King event. And he, and he, and it's like, Hey, he, he lets it be known. He wants to give me a one-on-one interview when he's done speaking. And he comes over and he talks to me and he starts talking like we're the best of friends. And at one point he says, well, Steve, you know, you know me alone for a long time. No, I didn't. It's mean, the only second time I've ever, you're like one of the most famous people in the world. It's only the second time we've ever met. All right. That's a guy he he has to sell. It's, it's who he is. And so when you hand this guy AT&T stock, Amazon stock, Microsoft stock, sliced bread, electricity, Alexander Graham Bell's the telephone, these are, that's the kind of gold political content Democrats offer. The, the only issue is Republicans have been unwilling to go here in the past cuz mainly cuz they agreed with most of it. And Michelle Obama
3: was never grace personified either. I mean she's the one who said she didn't believe in her uh, c- uh, country at all until Right. And and she just And that's the point.
1: She eventually and, just last and week, he's going to make her again. talk about that. She did it again. And he's going to he's going to look at That's right. and he's going to pull that tape out and he's going to say we have we have more black people working right now than we did when yeah. you, when you were president. Are you proud of your country now, Michelle? Yeah, he's going to do that. You bet he is. And that's what you could never get a Republican to do before. At least not on a national stage, you See, couldn't get I, him to do it. I, I totally believe
3: Democrats can win this thing. I just don't believe in the magic Democrat theory. That's, that they're, they're all broken. They're all broken.
1: <sighs> Let's go back to the phones. Howard in Georgia is back. Howard, welcome to the Blaze TV radio podcast. What's your one specific prediction for 2020, brother?
5: Specific prediction is Trump Pence. Will defeat Warren Buttigieg by twenty
0: electoral votes and lose the popular vote for, by one and a half percent. And aliens will make themselves known by the next election, and it all won't matter anyway.
1: All right, aliens make themselves known is. by the next election. Where I assume we're talking of the extraterrestrial, not the illegal variety. Of friend. course, thank you, Howard, for the call. Appreciate that. How he says a Warren Buttigieg. Ticket. I'm going to tell you right now. If it's a if it's Warren Buttigieg, that's Trump's best chance yep. to win the popular vote.
2: Yep. Because then that puts I think that puts Virginia in play. I definitely. agree. it Does and then it yep. definitely puts I'm on the same I'm on the same page as far as I think you take states Trump like to, uh, Nevada to Trump. Yeah. Uh, if Warren is at the top of the ticket,
1: I think you take states that have kind of flirted with being secondary swing states the last few cycles, like Georgia, totally off the board. Yeah. Georgia, totally off the board. Totally. That's it. That that goes from a state that. You know Trump probably has to fight to win it by five or six to a double digit win a state like that. Meanwhile, North Carolina off the board, totally off the board for the Democrats to win. Don't don't even campaign there. Pete Buttigieg is on the ticket.
3: See, and that's the plan we talked about. That can't explain his conti- his rising poll numbers just here recently in Iowa, just this weekend in Iowa he him, he had a big turnout with all those glowing bra- bl- uh, bracelets there's clearly a lot of uh federal uh money uh coming in uh that that support him they there's a the progressivism wants the gay guy so badly mm-hmm. there's no neat way to explain that uh, uh, the the intersectionality of all of that's going on in there is just going to go away because it'll make hillary or somebody else look pretty again
1: impossible And he's gonna he's gonna pull out richard grinnell and this other gay ambassador he has and they're gonna do rallies and what they're gonna say he's gonna, they're gonna say is He's going to wave a rainbow flag. And he's going to say, by the way, none of us up here believes we ought to to be castrating children, nor we're going to shut down your business because you believe the Bible. Go team USA. Because that ticket offers no safe harbor. You're right. Democrats can win this thing, but they're part. And and, and frankly, they, it's, they should, if we're going to be brutally honest about it, but they're not sane. And, and, That's too out in the open now that this is an invasion that it's not a political party It's an ideological invasion of your conscience and of your country. And so therefore the price the toll is high You know Krista Berg is probably best known for the lady in red song went to number one. Remember that song his better song And it had a really cool music video in the early days of mtv. Remember don't pay the ferryman. Do you remember that song? No. When he jumps in the river sticks and, the, and, the, and uh, the Grim Reaper is there to take him across the, the river, okay? You gotta look that up, man. That's, that's classic 80s schlock right there. Krista Berg's Don't Pay the Ferryman and terrible live action music video that in 1982, you're like, this was dope. And we didn't know what that word meant then. All right, but the ferry to jump in Elizabeth Warren's boat and she says, yes, I'll, I'll take you away from the land of Trump. But the cost to jump in her boat and get to the other side is a steep cost, a really steep cost. We stand and cheer a mom who brings up her child to say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm butchering my kid to make him a girl. We, we stand and we fist pump that. That's a high cost for a lot of Americans. Now, there might be a price point, like if the economy totally tanks, that maybe they think it's worth paying it. I don't believe they think it's worth paying it right now, and it's not because they necessarily love Donald Trump, but it's because the Democrats are offering you the alternative is um, Das Vendania. That's the that's the alternative. The alternative is uh, Bolsheviks. That's the alternative. It's it's Trump or or um, the October Revolution. That's that's the that's the alternative, and there's not a huge market for that outside of the 15 percent of counties that Hillary Clinton won. There's just not. I don't even know how much of a market there is for it in those counties. I mean, the Democrats are openly running on stuff Hillary Clinton would not say four years ago. Remember we sat here the night of their, the, during their convention those nights, watching them pass out constitutions, wave the flag and, 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 and quote the founding documents like we had never seen Democrats do in our lifetimes? All right, so I, I, he's gonna, he's going to make them run on that. And, and they want to. That's the thing. They actually want to run on that. At least the candidates, that, let me put it this way. At least the candidates they have in the field right now want to run on it. Now, Joe Biden, if he were to get the nomination, he's going to try to reverse field the next day. But the problem is, man, he has put a ton of stuff on tape and that's when he's not stuttering and fumbling around like a dude, like the grandfather. You got to hide the aluminum from, if you know what I'm saying. Okay. I mean, he, the stuff he's already put on tape. Yeah. Shut down uh, the fracking, uh, the mining coal mining. has got to go ban it. Cool. Well, that, that's your Pennsylvania Electoral College votes. You know, see, it wouldn't want to be it. I just don't understand how
3: we've talked mostly about an optimism about Trump winning and a supreme belief that the Democrats are so Machiavellian that they can puppet master things to death. I, I, we. we I'm just in total depravity. This is going to be the most embarrassing election in modern American history, if not all of American history. Of anything you can't that's have- ever been said
1: in the last two hours of that. So, I am the most but, but
3: people, but people are believing in still a level of being able to pull it offness in the Democrats and in Trump that in no way mimics my faith in what I'm about to see. I, I, it's just going to be dreadful. I, I'm finding this fascinating.
1: yes and i think a part of that is because from a worldview standpoint we've never faced the sorts of things that as a people that have existed in history books and even in in the scriptures before we're we're watching them play out in real time and so i think we're kind of trying to come up with there must be other reasons for this other than just the decay of the soul right just pure brokenness i understand that total depravity yeah All right, we're going to stick around and do a little overtime for our Blaze TV subscribers, blazetv.com slash dace. If you want to watch that today, for the rest of you, see you tomorrow. John 317.
0: This is Steve Dace.
5: On the Blaze Radio Network.